0: my first few years of teaching, I felt like I needed to have the answer for everything. I felt like I needed to know it all and just completely fake it until I made it. Mm. And I think that if you don't know an answer to something or you're not sure, that is absolutely okay. And I think it's becoming even more okay nowadays, which is even more amazing.
1: Welcome to Rainbow Skies for New Teachers, where we're all about bite-sized tips and simple strategies for bright and busy new teachers.
0: If you're in your first few years of your career and want to make the rollercoaster ride of teaching more fun, streamlined and stress-free, you're in
1: the right place. We're Ashley and Alicia the dynamic duo from Rainbow Sky Creations, and we're excited to be your teacher mentors on the go. There are rainbows ahead, my friend. And together, we're unstoppable. Let's get into today's episode. Here at Rainbow Sky Creations, we acknowledge the Darro people and the Wujak Noongar people, the traditional custodians of the lands on which we record this podcast today, where we live, work and learn. We pay our respects to their past, present and emerging elders of this nation and supports the cultural, spiritual and educational practices of First Nations people. Hello, Alicia. Hi, Ash. It is so good to chat to you today. I think we're going to delve into a little talk about secret sources, right?
0: Yes, the secret source to having the most successful year as a
1: first year teacher. Do you think that's possible? I do believe it's possible. Was it possible for me in my first year? No, no, I don't feel (laughs) like it was. It was absolutely a disaster zone. Like imagine that kitchen where I might have brought in my three-year-old to make some pizza dough and it's like, okay, we're going to get the flour out but it doesn't make it to the bowl and it explodes everywhere. And, you know, you're like trying (laughs) to get the the yeast and it's like, you just need one tablespoon, but it's like the whole jar goes in. I feel like my first year was a bit like the disaster zone of cooking with my three-year-old for the first time without setting some clear boundaries, guidelines and having an expectation in my head.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Hard relate. I actually remember going in way overconfident Until I took my first step into the classroom with the kids actually there. And then I thought, oh, no, (laughs) who has left me in
1: charge of all these kids? And what am I going to do with them? I mean, it's pretty scary. A hundred percent. And I think when you're starting at your first school and you're the new teacher and you haven't had any introduction before that day the doors open, you've just got like all these little faces peering at the window. And then you've got the adult version of them, their parents are looking at you and they're wanting to get first impressions. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I am under the microscope right now. And I still remember that day, the blue doors opened and I was in like a fishbowl classroom where the classroom had windows on all sides. And it was just like, I'm an exhibition. Everyone just wants to know what I'm going to do today and for the rest of the year. And in the back of my head, I'm going, I have no idea. What yeah, have I got like myself being into? On show. Yeah,
0: 100%. And that was before- Before social media was even a thing. I mean, thank goodness we started our teaching careers without having Instagram and feeling like we had to have the perfect classroom and the best back to school activities and this creative idea and that. I mean, my first classroom, the classroom carpet was disgusting.
1: (laughs) I can't relate to that because I was starting in a school that was only a few years old and the carpet hadn't been destroyed yet. But it was so new that you didn't know where you could put those pictures or you're like, do I have permission to do this? Is it okay for me to do this and I felt like I didn't have anyone to go to because the person who was next to me was just as new as I was. So, it can be really tricky if you don't have someone in your school that you feel is a mentor to look towards and I think that's where you and I want to step in and help you walk that path together because it's really tough as a new teacher. Absolutely. Well, that actually is our first secret to success.
0: Today, we're talking about the five secrets to help you have the most successful first year of teaching. And the first secret is to focus on relationships because building relationships in the school environment is so important. And that means with your colleagues, with your students and with their parents, it's all the stakeholders in the school that you need to build these relationships with and build trust because it's going to help you with your classroom management. It's going to help you deal with challenging behaviors and it's gonna help you make connections not only with your students to get the best out of them, but also with your colleagues to get the best out of you. 100%.
1: Who was your go-to person in your first years?
0: I remember I got given a mentor and the mentor said to me, I'm your mentor. And then that was it. Come to me if you have any issues. And I thought, oh, I don't really feel comfortable to do that. But then I got placed with somebody in my second year of teaching and she became my mentor. She was just amazing with all things organisation. She taught me how to work smarter and not harder. I just lived and breathed everything she said and I became such a better teacher because of it. I actually years later got to teach with her best friend as a job share and her best friend was just as amazing. Like Between the two of them, I feel like they taught me
1: all the tricks of the trade. Wow. That's amazing. I remember my mentor was my grade partner but she'd only been teaching a year more than me. And she taught a couple of years before, but teaching over in Korea as an English teacher for high school students. So we were like the blind leading the blind. And it wasn't until I was working with the university i had studied at and a mentor there who loved hands-on maths, was really innovative and inquiry-based in the classroom, called me up to do photography for him. And he kind of became my mentor outside of school. Unfortunately, he passed in my second year suddenly. So, I felt like I was left again looking for someone. But I felt like if I hadn't have met him and had those conversations and had things from a different perspective outside of my school, it might have been looking a lot different to what it was now. But I think he ignited that passion too that I didn't know I had for loving of maths and inquiry-based learning. So, it's interesting. Interesting too that we both talked about a teacher that we
0: chose, not one that was given to us. Yeah. And I think sometimes as mentors ourselves and as mentees, it's important to have that choice in the mentor that you are going to go with because if you've got the connection with the person, not everyone gels with everyone and you're not always going to learn from the person that's been given to you. So, it's really interesting. It's definitely
1: okay to go and seek out your own mentor and someone that you really connect with. Absolutely. And I think what I loved at my school was it was a lot of new teachers at the school and we all came together and I'll be learning things and what's going in pre-primary, what was happening. In year five, and it led to a lot of collaboration throughout the year levels. We would do like markets. We had a school garden, and we got all the grades working together and coming up with lesson ideas. I mean, like you said, it was back in the days where there wasn't these computers so much to get all your information. We're going to the library looking at textbooks. So I became best buds with a librarian because she could find me the resources the quickest, and I became really good mates with the admin team because if I needed something put in the newsletter or having a chat to the deputy, I knew they were the port of call. So You really want to just connect yourself to everyone, even the maintenance guy and the gardener, like, hey, I need help getting some shelving out of my classroom. And, you know, you stop and have a chat and they'd be more than happy to help if you spent time to connect, relate and build that relationship. I think that should be our sixth tip. Ask for help (laughs) and accept help. let's dive into number two. Be flexible. I'm going to tell you, it's not going to look like anything you imagined, but it can. (laughs) And it's totally normal to have those rocky times, but allowing yourself to be flexible and realistic with your expectations, I think is a really important thing because at the end of the day, you're working with kids. They're going to have unrealistic days. They're going to have big feelings, little feelings. It's going to be a surprise what may be happening in the classroom. So you've got to be flexible and go with the flow. Yeah. Lots of things
0: get thrown at you as a teacher. And I think that if you have that mentality of being flexible, it's just a lot easier. Absolutely. Sometimes working with kids, if we're flexible and we're understanding of the fact that they're just kids and we're not getting through what we need to get through, that's okay. You've got to be
1: okay with that. Yeah. you got to bend and meld with it. Like you are going to be stretched, but know that you can go back into the formation you were in. And I think sometimes we put that whole emphasis on, I had a really bad day. I must be really bad at my job. But just think of it like that giant elastic band that you've just been really stretched that day and you just need time to take a breath regularly yourself and go back into that normal form and be ready to take on a new day. That's for what sure. I find. Okay.
0: You ready for number three? This one is a little bit controversial. Love Tip a bit of controversy. <laughs> is hold on to your pennies. We see those teachers out there on TikTok and Instagram, and we've done this too. They're encouraging you to spend a fortune at Kmart or making sure that you have the most perfect learning environment for your mm. students, making sure everything's handmade, making sure that you've got this extra thing and this fad. But really, to make a good teacher, it does not mean that you need all of those bells and whistles. You don't need the fancy things. You don't need the teacher fads. Mm. We always like to say, save your pennies for Friday night cocktails. Or that pair of shoes
1: that you want instead. 100%. I think you can easily get sucked into this world of like, oh, I really need to try this. This is going to be the breakthrough for my students. But a lot of the time, your kids in your classroom, they don't need much. Less is more. The less things you have in the classroom in terms of like visuals, colors, it's going to be better for the learners in your classroom. Allow them to be more creative, to be innovative, to be focused on what they need to focus on. So just think about it going, do I need to buy XYZ right now? I would say hit the pause button, be like, can you survive a week without it in your classroom? If you can survive a week without it in your classroom, I'm sure you don't have to get it and see how you go. And a bit like your Amazon order list, you know, when you, you search on Amazon, you put it into your wish list and you go, I'm just going to put it there and I'll come back to it in a week's time and see if I still need it. And sometimes you are going to do that with fads that we see on social media or what might be happening in other classrooms and be like, oh, hey, that year five teacher's giving it a go. I'm going to check in with them in a week or two weeks time and see how that's going and if it's worth my efforts and investment.
0: Do you have a something that you've bought that you regret or something that you would recommend people don't buy. I have one and I've been shot down on social media for it. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely.
1: (laughs) We learn from each other's mistakes. So come on, share. Sure. It is. Now
0: don't come at me, any listeners out there that love this. I know that there's going to be people out there that love this and that have them in their classroom, but it is the rainbow cart. You know, the one with the drawers, that you can wheel around. I'm just not a fan. I feel like the drawers never stay in. They fall out. They're not very deep. And there's Mm. a lot of them. So you end up just filling
1: them with a lot of stuff. Yeah, 100%. I think sometimes we get caught up in the, I've got the space, so I need to fill the space. Mm. I'm currently decluttering my life. And I feel that a lot of school teachers need to declutter their classroom. And by doing this one thing, holding onto your pennies, your dollars, your cents, it's going to help you. For sure. Now, number four is one that we can often neglect as teachers as being one's thinking about others and it is making time for yourself I think in today's day and age we hear a lot about self-care but at the end of the day it's looking at your personal well-being and in those first few years of teaching like with any career you're learning new things you're meeting new people you're building your skill set it is absolutely exhausting exhilarating exciting and challenging But the one thing you need to make sure is that you're looking after yourself.
0: No one's going to do it for you. Leadership aren't going to say, oh, Alicia, have you taken care of yourself this week? (laughs) Are you doing things for you? They're not. So you've got to take care of yourself and put yourself as a priority. I know as a teacher, I let myself down on this one. And then even in the first few years of being a mom, I really let myself down. Like I even find I have weeks now and I'm like, no, Ashley, you've got to take that time for yourself. Even if it's just for me, I get up and I go for a walk and I get my coffee Mm -hmm. and it's just simple. But that's the time for me. I listen to a podcast and I really just enjoy that time. And I think that if you carve out that time with your routines,
1: it's so helpful. You're going to be better for it. It and the people around you are going to benefit from it. A lot of the time, we think that we haven't got the time to do it, especially in those first years. But you creating that time for it, it is going to increase your productivity, increase your well being, your mental health. There's so many things that come about by finding that time to pause and reset. So, this is your friendly reminder look after you. Yeah. I mean, we always describe toddlers as tired and cranky
0: when they're not themselves. And I think that there's so much truth with that with adults too. You can be tired and therefore cranky as well. And to be a better and stronger and healthier person, it's going to benefit your students. If you take that time to get that rest in. Self-care might look like just reading on a Sunday evening, just spending some time reading a good book that you love. It could be anything. Everyone is different. So find something
1: that really works for you and go from there. Do you know what I used to do? As soon as that bell rang at the end of the day and I had sent off my little humans. I would go up to the staff room and make myself the biggest hot drink. Like some days it was a hot cup of tea. Some days I really needed a caffeine hit. Thankfully, I'm not one of those people who struggles to get to sleep. Or (laughs) my guilty pleasure would be like raiding the Milo tin and putting in... Like not one tablespoon. Like we're talking like five heaped <laughs> tablespoons. But that's what I would do. Like that was my thing. At the end of the day, I just had five minutes. I could get some peace and quiet in the staff room and be like, I'm going to savour this moment and this drink. I used to raid my
0: prize box in my first year. I taught this year four class and I had a prize box full of chocolates. I will never do that again because I think when I was marking spelling tests on Fridays, I ate like
1: 10 of those chocolates every week. Yeah, I have a 100%, 100% okay. no willpower. But yes,
0: what's the <laughs> final one? <laughs> Secret source. Final one is authenticity makes you human. Now, what we mean by that is that humans make mistakes. Humans don't know it all. Humans have emotions and it's okay for you to have those emotions make the mistakes as well. I was a sucker for this, especially in my first few years of teaching. I felt like I needed to have the answer for everything. I felt like I needed to know it all and just completely fake it until I made it. Mm. And I think that if you don't know an answer to something or you're not sure, that is absolutely okay. And I think it's becoming even more okay nowadays, which is
1: even more amazing. Yeah. I think it's become so okay when I hear my daughter say, hey, Alexa, hey, Siri. (laughs) (laughs) she's got the answer. She can help me. I feel that as teachers, there's a part of us that gets into teaching because we love learning and about being your authentic self is being okay to learn new things, to make those mistakes. But the best way for kids to learn is by modeling. So you modeling authenticity, vulnerability, questioning and wonder is going to be so much more impactful than faking it until you make it. Absolutely. And then you don't have to go back and say, oh, I was
0: wrong or I told you the wrong thing before. But even if you have to, then that's okay too. Like there's nothing wrong with admitting that that you made a mistake or that you said something that wasn't quite correct. Yeah.
1: I mean Yeah, we're just human. Absolutely. It's the best learning for everybody. I love it. I saw somewhere where they talked about my favourite no or my favourite mistake and the teacher would bring up like a maths problem or an answer to a question and would pull apart this mistake and like everybody would get together and like come up with a solution on how you could get to the end point. And it was such a valuable teaching point, but it was just so valuable in building life skills. And I think that's what education is. You are a equipping students to be life learners and to learn these skills so they can navigate their way through the world. It's kind of exciting. What an opportunity.
0: It is It's such an opportunity. I mean, if you're dedicated and you're doing the very best job that you can do, then we are big believers that the kids are absolutely lucky to have you.
1: 100%. Now, before we go, we need to share a freebie. We do, because today we've shared some secret sources for a successful year. So let's just quickly recap them. We've said, focus on your relationship be flexible. It's okay to be bendy, hold on to your money, make time for you because you're important and you're like that shell that keeps the whole classroom functioning. And the last point was authenticity makes you human. So, if you have loved these tips, we've got some more tangible templates, things that are going to help you with your planning and your prep when you get in the classroom. It is our free guide, Surviving Your First Years of Teaching. We will put the link in the show notes, so make sure you go and grab your copy if you haven't got that freebie. Absolutely. It's filled with strategies and templates for surviving your first years, so go grab it now. And if you have loved one of the secrets we've shared today, and you might have another one that would be really helpful to anyone or even we just want to hear it, you can reach out to us on Instagram at Rainbow Sky Creations and send us a DM and we'd love to chat. It is us
0: at the end of those DMs, so every single message that you send, that is us replying to you. So please reach out. We would absolutely love to hear from you. So that's all we've got time for today, but make sure you pop back next week because we're going to be talking about the seven habits of highly effective teachers. I'm excited. I can't wait for that episode. Me too. We've really brainstormed that one. And as always, there are rainbows ahead, my friend. And
1: together we're unstoppable.